Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. That's better. All right. So thanks for coming today. And uh, we'll start off today with our scripture memory passage review, uh, which is probably the most depressing part that we will do today. Um, Miss Amy's already commented on how uplifting and encouraging these three verses are. So um, a lot of seriousness in these. Last week we talked about hell, and this week we talked about heaven. So I know Miss Amy, you're ready, right? Anybody else got them? Darla mailed it in. Nothing. It's just... Just too busy? Okay. Too busy for Jesus. No, 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 no. So, Miss Darla has not been too busy for Jesus about 47 weeks of this year. So, woot, woot. Thank you, Miss Darla. Um, there you go. That's right. Cool. Good, good, good. All right. Anybody else other than Miss Amy? All right, Miss Amy, let's do it. Oh, I know. Throne, yes. And him who sat on it. Yes. From whose face earth and heaven fled away. Yes. And the earth found no place for them. Yeah. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Yeah. And books, and there were books open. Yes, there were. And another book, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the wit, by which things that were written in the books. Right. And the sea gave up the dead that was in it. Death and Hades delivered the dead that was in them. Which were judged according to their work. They were, yes, that's right. Good job. It is scary stuff. Um, I think to me the, the thing about last week's lesson was the demonstration of God's commitment to justice and his commitment to the reality of what happened at the cross is really fleshed out there at the great judgment. Um, because if you don't have judgment, then you have not dealt with sin. And sin cannot be left unresolved. It has to be dealt with. Uh, so today, uh, we switch gears and we start looking at heaven. So, uh, let's open up to Matthew 25. So this is Back to the Future Part 3, right? Yes, excellent. Back to the Future Part 3. Uh, let's go to Matthew 25. Uh, we'll look at verse 34. And let me know when you've got it, somebody. Who's got it? Matthew. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. That's right. So there is a reward that is coming, that is good. It is very, very good. Uh, it is so good, in fact, that I decided to wear uh, one of my new favorite t-shirts today. 
uh, it's all good. So I, I have told you guys several times that what I believe to be the greatest part about living in the new covenant is bacon on Sundays. Uh, so you guys just going to get ready for it because $6 t-shirts had a big sale. Uh, so did busted teas. And I now have a whole nother drawer in my closet that is filled with t-shirts. So I think I'm going to try to pick some t-shirt every week that we do in Romans that somehow may or may not apply to the text. So we'll see. It'll be fun next year. It'll be fun. So uh, that is Matthew 25, 34. Let's go to Revelation 22, 3. I'll give you your blank while you're going there. Uh, we will live eternally with God in new heavens and a new earth. And I'm going to put a lot of focus on the and today. A lot of focus on the and uh, because we tend to say the wrong thing about the afterlife for the Christian, and we tend to say it a lot, uh, and I think we want to correct some of that. So, who's got Revelation 22, 3? Mitch, got it? Awesome. And there shall be no more curse, throne of God and hand of the Lamb. No more what? Curse. So, so remember, when we get to the end of the book... We have to be familiar with the beginning of the book because the end of the book undoes some of the stuff that broke toward the beginning of the book. And we see the fleshing out, the reality of what God intended all along in Genesis 1 and 2. He's going to come back and he's going to make that right. So let's start over again there. And there shall be no more curse. No more curse. So what, what got cursed back in Genesis 3? Seriously, like what got cursed? Yeah. So the earth itself, we did. We are broken because of this. So this, I think, is one of the reasons that when the New Testament talks about describing heaven and it says that we can't imagine what it will be like. Yeah, because we're broken. All, all we have ever known is broken. I'm not talking about our finances. I'm talking about like the reality of the world is all we have ever known is broke. And it won't be broken. It'll be fantastic. All right. So I have a hard time getting past the no more curse because that's just amazing. But there's more, right? We're going to start over again. Yes. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. That's right. So we will be back in right relationship with God. He will be where he uh, will be, uh, and it will be very good. So, um, I'll read you a quote from Grudem here. When referring to this place, Christians often talk about living with God, quote, in heaven, in quote, forever. But in fact, the biblical teaching is far richer than this. It teaches us that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, an entirely renewed creation, and that we will live with God there. So, Isaiah sixty-five seventeen. Isaiah 65, 17. Ms. Darling, got it? Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. How about that? So the pain and the struggle and the ugh of here, we will not remember this. So whatever that thing is that we want to gripe and complain and whine about, there will be a day where we don't even remember it, which is awesome. Because if we could live in a perfect place with a perfect God and still be reminded of all the junk that happened in the past at some point, they would, they would just nag, right? It would be something like, just, it's, not, it's not as good as it could be. 
Uh, now, some of you, I'm surprised more of you didn't say something about this, uh, but I did something this morning that I don't think I've ever done before. Sunday school. You know what this logo is? It's a Starbucks logo. Yes, it was five bucks. <laughs> it's, it was five dollars exactly, yes. It's obnoxious how expensive these things are. Uh, so my new guilty pleasure is a tall mocha frappe. Uh, I have experimented with the other sizes, and I go into small cardiac arrhythmia. Uh, it is not good at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's also why I'm speaking a little bit faster than I normally do this morning, but that's okay, too. And uh, the first one of these that I ever ordered, uh, they gave it to me with whipped cream in it. And that is just sinfully wrong. You should not, because it mixes, and when you get to the bottom and there's mostly whipped cream and just a little bit of mocha frappe left, it's just the wrong balance, and it's, it's awful. It ruins the last part of the drink. So, you know how I order them? No whip, right? No whip, because that's the way it ought to be ordered. This is the way it ought to be. Uh, and I think in the new heavens and the new earth, there will not be whipped cream that will be offered in Starbucks when you go to get a mocha frappe, because that would be just not, it would not be good. It would just not be good. So Isaiah sixty six twenty two. You got it, Stephen? That's my Starbucks. You think I've been ADHD before? You better wait for today. <laughs> For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so, so shall your offspring and your name remain. Absolutely. So again, new heavens and a new earth. Where were we created to be put? On earth. Mankind was created to be put on the earth. We were not created to live in heaven. Right? Okay. So, and, and yet we talk about the afterlife with God in heaven. Yeah. And a new earth. There is more. There is more. So 2 Peter 3, 13. I'm going to put this down, otherwise I'll hold the whole class. There we go. You got it, Miss Amy? But according to his promise, we look for the new heavens and the new earth. And the what? New and, new and new earth. Yes, it's there too, right? Again, we see the new heavens, you see the new earth. This is good. And then Revelation 21, 1 through 3. season are we in right now? The Christmas season, right? The, the Advent season, the, the season of Emmanuel, of God with us. And in that story, in that Christmas story, God got to be with us for a little while, right? 30 some odd years. And then, and then he went away and another member of the God had stayed and that was this. But in this new place, Heaven literally comes down and somehow, here's your next blank, joining with the earth in a way that we think we can kind of maybe move back and forth between the two. Sure, why not? That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. 
You can find that on the Jimmy DeYoung video in the, in the CDs in the back. Yes. Um, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, so I'm going to read you another resource. It's not Jimmy DeYoung. Uh, this is my new favorite uh, publication, Modern Reformation. Uh, and I'm going to read you a quote in here. It's not heaven or earth, but heaven and earth. First heaven, then our return with Jesus to the place we humans were always meant to live. Jesus is our spiritual home, and earth is our ontological home. You can look that one up if you want. Uh, more simply, Jesus is the one with whom we are meant to live, and earth is where we are meant to live with him. We're earthlings for heaven's sake. God put us in a garden on the earth. And this is good. It was actually better than good. It was very good. Right? And when we get to the end of all things, he will put us back in an earth that is very good. Except this earth will not be broken. This earth will work like it is supposed to. And not just one little part in a garden, but the whole earth. So think about a whole earth that works like it's supposed to. So have you ever flown an airplane? Have you ever flown an airplane? You find an airplane, and when you go from one city to another city, the majority of what you fly over is what? Land, right? Yeah. Unless you're going overseas, and the majority of what you fly over is the sea. But the majority of which flower is land. Is, is most of the land fully developed and flourishing and beautiful and perfect like it should? No, not at all. I recently flew from, uh, where did I fly from? I flew from Chattanooga to, uh, where did I go in, in between though? It was, I flew to, was it Charlotte? I think it was to Charlotte. Yeah, I flew to Charlotte and then from Charlotte to Phoenix. From Charlotte to Phoenix, you cover a lot of ground that does not look pretty. There's a lot of barrenness. There's a lot of desert. There's a lot of just... Wow, okay. Imagine a world where everything functioned like it should. You go out, you plant crops, and you get a hundredfold every time. Well, that's pretty cool. You go out and there's no weeds, because that was part of the curse. What kind of gar- Anybody want to be a gardener now, right? <laughs> That'd be fantastic, right? The, you go outside and you, you can't get sunburned because the sun no longer hurts you. You go outside and, and, and I don't sneeze. <laughs> I wonder if I still have the marks. Do I still have the marks? I don't still have the marks, do I? No, they're all gone. Um, I got allergy testing done this week, right? So it looked like I was a drug addict with all the little pokes and holes and the swelling and whatnot. No more allergy testing in the new heavens and the new earth. Things function as they should. It is hard to imagine an earth that is actually right and not broken and not cursed. And we have this to look forward to because tomorrow is always better for the believer. So we'll live eternally. So this is uh, number one under that. What is heaven then? Well, uh, Grudem defines heaven as the place where God most fully makes known his presence to bless. Which if you don't think that's about as fuzzy a definition, that's about as fuzzy a definition as Grudem gets. Um, but it is where God uh, makes his glory fully known. Right? We saw in the Old Testament when God indwelled in what? It was a building. Yep. Yeah. The, the tabernacle and the temple, right? That's where his Shekinah glory was. Well, his, like, all of the glory is present in heaven. And it would be overwhelming for us in these bodies, but that's okay because he's going to fix that one day too. Uh, number two, heaven is a place, not just a state of mind. So please don't buy into the lie that, well, heaven is just a wonderful 
mental construct of God and, and we'll just be happy there. Well, well it's, it's, a, it's a real place, right? Because he keeps talking about a new heavens and a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth. Look at Acts 1.11. There's quite a few verses that talk about the reality of heaven and it not just being a theoretical state of mind. So who's got Acts 1.11? Stephen, you got it? Awesome. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Oh, I love this verse, right? <laughs> this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Yeah, so what's the context here? The context here is Jesus just left. Jesus. The disciples are standing around, their mouths wide open, going, what just happened? Right? This is like, oh, he, he meant all those things he said when he said he's going away and we were going to stick around and, and do something for him. And who's talking to him here? The an angel, right? An angel comes and says, um, you have work to do. <laughs> He's coming back, but you've got something to go do. So let's get to it. Because he went to where? Heaven. He went to heaven, to a place. Right? It was not just he vanished and then he will reappear at some point. He went to a place because he has something to do in this place. Uh, my Jesus doesn't just sit on his hands. He does something. Acts 7, 55 and 56. Hit you, get it? But he, being filled, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. Who's he? He is Stephen, right? So Stephen is dying. He is he's being stoned. He, he is going through the process of death right now. And as he is dying, this happens. And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. There was a place that he was standing. This was not a figment of Stephen's imagination. Jesus was there waiting for Stephen, which is really kind of amazing. John 14, 2 and 3. Yep. So Jesus is talking here and he says, my what? My father's house, which implies a, like, a place, right? Because when I talk about my house, I don't talk about a... Uh, an imaginary state of mind. It's not a theory. No, it's a place I need to go to sleep. It's a place I need to go to rest. It's a place I need to go to be with my family. It's a place I need to go to do house things there, right? It's a, it's a place. Let's keep going. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Isn't that awesome? He is coming back, and he is going to take us to the place that he built for us. Hey, Tim, what was Jesus' occupation on the earth? You know? he, yeah, his daddy was a carpenter, which I think is kind of interesting. You got my water? Thank you. They also make me very thirsty. So, <laughs> I, I do think it is absolutely amazing that if you go through and you do a study on wood in the Bible, which is not something that you just strike most people as, yeah, we should do a study on wood in the Bible. Uh, early on, early, early on in like Genesis 3, uh, what does God use to uh, cover, uh, what does man use to cover man's sin? Leaves and branches from, that man uses the, the tree, right? The leaves from the tree. And what does Jesus die on? He dies on a 
a tree. And what did Jesus get trained on how to do when he was growing up? He trained to be a carpenter. And in the, the garden, there was a tree of life and knowledge of good and evil. And, and in the, the end of all things, there's a couple of trees in heaven, too, which is really kind of neat. Trees all over the Bible. There's a lot of stuff that's interesting. If you ever want to do a Bible study on wood, which sounds like it'd be dull, but it's really not. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a pretty awesome tree. Believe it or not, that tree gives us incredible insight into point number five. We'll get to it in just a second. But it's, it's really interesting uh, to debunk bad theology that we hear sometimes, even in the songs that we sing. Uh, so number three, let's keep going. The physical creation will be renewed, and we will continue to exist and act in it. Now, <clears throat> Grudem uses the word renewed. Uh, I would have chosen the word recreated, uh, but we will keep a very open hand on this. The, the reality is the end result will be significantly better than now. So Romans 8, verse 20, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, because of him who was subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. There is coming a day when all of this is different. Substantially different. Um, now, flip over. I didn't. I didn't tell you. I didn't highlight these. But we've got a little bit of time here. So Hebrews uh, one, eleven, and twelve. Hebrews one, eleven, and twelve. Got it, Miss Darla. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. But you will remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels? Yeah, the earth and the skies. Think about that. He's just going to roll it up. Like, wait. Like, what? What do you mean roll it up? Yep. He created it. He can do weird things to it if he wants to. <laughs> it's okay. <clears throat> because... This is going to serve a purpose, and the purpose is the glory of God. And when it no longer serves the purpose of the glory of God, he will do away with that and do it again, um, which is stunningly unbelievable. Because when I think about uh, the way that I use things on the earth, so we had a 2004 Honda Pilot, right, that we bought five years ago, and it had 112,000 miles on it when we bought it. We were excited about that. And last week, it passed 196,000 miles. Yes. It's like, yes. We, Julie literally drove it till one of the wheels fell off, um, which was <laughs> simultaneously scary and awesome at the same time. Uh, and uh, then we decided that maybe, you know, we, we do something different. So, you know what we did? We got rid of it, and we got a pilot that was five years newer. Because we really like pilots. They're good cars, you know. And uh, that's what we do with things that we don't need anymore. We get rid of them or we put money into them. But we, this is a, a very similar concept to what God is doing with the entire universe. <laughs> like the whole universe. Yep, I'm good. Let's do it again. Amazing. Does, it, does this not blow your minds? Just absolutely blows my mind. Uh, who's got... Uh, Hebrews 12, 26, and 27. Just flip over a few pages. 
or scroll and scroll and scroll. That's the most annoying thing that I think about reading the Bible on an electronic device. When you go from like chapter 1 to chapter 12, and you're like, next, 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 next. And everybody with a real copy, a real copy, a hard copy, <laughs> like... Yeah, Freud would have something to say about that, wouldn't he? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <clears throat> when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Boom. So if all of creation is removed, what is left? The unshakable, which is God and the things that he has declared to be unshakable. That's us. Because we're going to hang out with him forever. So there will be a moment, I don't know how long the moment will last, where... God, the angels, the demons, and mankind and his word will be all that there is. Do you want something to make your head spin around at night? Think on that one for a while, right? Really amazing, amazing stuff. So it's not just the earth. It gets better. Number four, our resurrection bodies will be part of the renewed creation. Come on. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? So how were Adam and Eve made? They were made very good. Genesis 1.31, right? And in the end of all things, we will get to very good again, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, there is a lot of descriptions in heaven that talks about things like eating and drinking and doing things that worship him. Um, Colossians 1.10 talks about the, the fact that, that we're going to be fully pleasing to him, increasing in the knowledge of God, which is probably a really good description of what's happening in heaven. It's not just we sit around and we sing. No. He created a whole new universe. There's new heavens. There's new earth. The earth is functioning at its peak productivity. Do you think there might be something for human beings to do with an earth that is functioning like it should? Yes, there will be plenty to do. And our bodies will not wear out. I read a commentary this week that talked about uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, the, the, uh, the composer. Right? He was a, a, a very big believer. He was a strong believer. He wrote all these different things to praise the God of heaven. And he will have a perfect body and be able to compose music in a way that he couldn't before for all of eternity. Awesome. Now, what is it that you love to do? What is it? That means that all the quilts that I make in heaven Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. You will have time to make one for all of us. Yes. All of you will get to have a Darla pillow in your living room too, like I have. It is. It, well, maybe not the Death Star, right? Hey, I'm praying for George Lucas's salvation. What's that? You wouldn't mind the Death Star? There you go. I'm praying for George Lucas' salvation because I want to see some good movies in heaven too. So, I mean, hey, it's, you can dream. So, so you, and I, you and I are emailing back and forth about what right now? 
yeah, a, pod, a, a, a lectern, right? A podium is technically something, the whole thing, but the lectern is thing that I stand behind. Um, this is awful. <clears throat> it, it holds almost two pieces of paper, and I have finally, after teaching behind it for quite some time, figured out where to put my phone, the Bible, my water, and one piece of paper that I can look at at a time. Dang it, I want a new lectern. <laughs> and I've looked at ones online, and they have a comma in them, and I'd rather not pay something that much. Uh, and, I have a, and I have a woodworking expert here in our Sunday school classroom, so we've been emailing back and forth. Uh, and, and I don't know if they'll be teaching in heaven. Maybe there will be. Maybe there won't be. But the woodworking that you do in heaven and that you do on the new earth, it'd be good stuff. You know why? The wood itself will be better. Probably so costly either. Does this make sense? Everything that we think about, that we go, yeah, I really like to do that, but there's some negative associated with it. Yeah, because we're broken. There won't be brokenness. This is amazing. And so I've been looking forward to this lesson, not just because it's chapter 57 of the entire book, uh, but it is beautifully, beautifully wonderful. Beautifully wonderful stuff. All right. So let's keep going. Uh, Number five, the new creation will not be timeless, but will include an unending succession of moments. And if if this messes with your head, then... Uh, please understand that there are folks that believe that uh, every word that we sing in songs <coughs> is just not exactly true. Uh, there is a, a very famous hymn that speaks of time that says, When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall... Yeah, it sounds wonderful, except it's just not in the Bible. Um, so Revelation twenty-one twenty-four through 26, I think that's the... Nope, that's not it. 22.2. Tim, I want you to read Revelation 22.2. Because we talked about this tree, right? This tree is actually helpful in understanding how time functions in the new heavens and the new earth. So let's do it. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month. Each what? Each month. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's hard to be timeless if you've got months. Now, I think we can use timeless in a different way. Maybe there's no end to it, right? So think back to your high school geometry. <laughs> it's a ray. It's exactly what it is. It goes forever in one direction. And that's great. It's a, it's a wonderful example of the timeless nature of heaven, but we do, in fact, have time there. We will have months. Awesome. What do we need months for? To eat the fruit? Why would we eat the fruit? To enjoy God's creation. Why would we enjoy God's creation? To praise the Creator. Why would we praise the Creator? To give Him glory, which is the reason for all things. It's a beautiful system. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, we're going to eat fruit in the new heavens and the new earth. And I think <clears throat> meat as well. Uh, so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is good stuff. All right, so point B, the doctrine of the new creation provides a great motivation for storing up treasures in, what do you think the blank is? 
in heaven rather than the earth. Yes. That's pretty, yeah, probably so much, yeah. <laughs> we may be vegetarians again, because there, there's a lot of theologians that do believe that we will be vegetarians again, because when we go back to Genesis 1 and 2, that's kind of the way things were, right? There was no bloodshed at that point. So um, this is a bit of a joke, and it's probably an incorrect theological joke, but I like the joke anyway. So sorry. Uh, I'll, be, I'll give you full disclosure on my bad theological jokes. So. All right, so laying up treasures in heaven rather than on earth, this is a good, good thing. And then point number C, <coughs> point number C on the back side of your handout, everything that we have talked about so far is nice. Please understand, it's nice. That's awesome. It's good stuff. But point number C is what makes heavens and the new earth a good place. A great place, a spectacular place, because the new creation will be a place of great beauty and abundance and joy in the presence of God. Yeah. You can keep your street of gold if Jesus is not there. (laughs) There could come a day where some dictator in the world, and maybe there has been, I don't know, where some dictator in the world gets enough gold together to pave a section of a street in gold. Okay. Big whoop. If you don't have Jesus, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm just not. What makes the new creation great is the presence of God. So let's look at a couple of these verses, then I'm going to come back and read Revelation 21 and 22. So Revelation 21, 2, who's got it? Yes. <clears throat> sure. Sure. No yeah, this is my this is my summary of Piper. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. This is, um, this is amazing. If you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you ever had on earth and all the food you ever liked and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted and no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ were not there? Yeah. And if you could, what I would say is that you're in love with... Uh, 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 moralism and not Jesus. That's a heavy it is a heavy question. Absolutely, it's a heavy question. Uh, and I didn't even have time to go into the no natural disasters, right? So feel free to build that uh, million dollar condo on a cliff in Maui. No earthquake. You don't have to worry about it. The earth will be at rest. That's nice. Now, I have no interest. What's, well, maybe I will by then. I don't know. Maybe we'll move around. It's a big place. It's a really, really big place. I skipped something. What did I skip? Where did I skip my page on? Oh, I skipped. No, I didn't, I didn't skip it yet. All right, let's keep going. Revelation 21-2. Sorry. I thought I skipped the math part. I can't skip the math part. You got it? And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Yeah. So remember, all this stuff that we're doing now is a shadow. So marriage is a shadow of things to come. It's a picture of something else. That's the picture. That's the real. That's the fleshing out. That's the eternal state of, oh, that's what all that's about. Awesome. And, and when we talk about the description of that, it is 
spectacular. It is absolutely amazing. So we got 21-2, 21-4. Yes, ma'am? And he will wipe away every tear hmm. from their eyes, and there will be no longer any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Isn't that awesome? No more death. My Jesus took death to the grave and left it there. It's a beautiful thing. Verse 6. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. So we will drink there of the water of the fountain of life, which I'm going to guess is some pretty good stuff. Right? Feels like that's pretty awesome. So we got verse 11. Get verse 11. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as a crystal. Just beautiful things there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful things there. Verses 18 through 21. <clears throat> I'm just going to walk around. You got it? 18 through 21? Yes, sir. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, or something like that. The fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase. Yeah, you got it, actually. That's it. The 11th, Jacinth, the 12th, Amethyst. And the 12th, 12 gates were 12 pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the city, and the street of the city was pure gold, like like transparent glass. (laughs) Because when you're the creator of all things, you can use really cool building materials. A whole, think about this, a whole foundation of a city made out of a precious jewel. Now, uh, we go crazy over very small chips of things set in gold on our fingers, right? It's like, oh, that's amazing. You have a tiny little piece. Good for you. (laughs) When my Jesus builds something, because this is what he built, this is the place that he went to go prepare for us, Uh, it's just just amazing, right? Yeah, gold is the, oh yeah, and we poured it on the street, right? Good. Uh, Verse 27. Yeah, verse 27. uh, Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful Mm -hmm. idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's right. So there's boundaries set up so that you know, in the past, right, right now, we think that Satan can actually come into the presence of God and have some type of conversations based off of the story of the book of Job. Uh, there's some accountability. There's some reporting out. That's, that's not happening because Satan's already been dealt with. He has been put away. All that has been done. And then 22.5. Who's got 22.5? <clears throat> The Lord God giveth them light, 
Amen, 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 amen. And I'm going to give you the math real quick. So 21.6, we'll go backward here just a second. <clears throat> nope, not 21.6. 21.16, there we go. I got a typo in my notes, I'll fix that. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. I'll give you a quick math lesson. A furlong is a Roman measurement. It's one-eighth of a mile. Roman mile was 5,000 feet. So one-eighth of 5,000 feet, you do the math. Its length and breadth and height are equal. They come out to 1,420 miles. So I stand in one spot. I go 1,420 miles that way. I go 1,420 miles that way. And I go 1,420 miles up. That cube that is created is the size of this city. That's a big city. 2.8 billion cubic miles. That's a lot of space, folks. That is a lot of space. Uh, 1,420 miles from where we are standing right now, you know what city you ran into? I told you on Facebook. Billings, Montana. Montana. <laughs> That's a long ways away. You go, well, there's, there's not enough space in, in heaven. To, there's plenty of This is the city. We're not even talking about the new earth. God can make the new earth as big as he wants to make the new earth. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of space. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is a massive, massive city. So I'm going to read you the last part of chapter 22. You ready? <clears throat> Verse 6, we'll start with verse 6. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must take place shortly. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. When I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he, the angel, said to me, See that you do not do that. Which I think is awesome, right? Because the angel gets it. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, of, of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you of the things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And we will conclude our 57-week series of systematic theology with the last verse in the book. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So, that is systematic theology. We've got one more week in this calendar year before we finish uh, Sunday school. On Christmas Day, there is no Sunday school. On New Year's Day, there is no Sunday school. Uh, But next week, what I want to do is a a couple of points that I learned personally from systematic theology teaching through this in the last two and a half years. Uh, And just a few, not a lot, just a few, the things that I went, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't have a good grip on that or didn't understand that uh, nearly as well as I should have. Uh, so I invite you to come back next week because I'm going to talk about something that is quite special to me. I am going to talk about this book next week. And this one, not the ones that you have, this one is very precious to me. So come back next week and I'll tell you why. That book is very precious to me. All right? So lean in. Let's engage with our weekly update and our prayer requests. Pray as a group, and then you are dismissed. Thanks for coming today.